0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you guys are starting the week off well. Hope you had a good weekend, rooted in uh, tons of self-care. So much joy and pleasure that it was hedonistic and scared your neighbors. And uh, tons and tons of rest, so much so that everyone thinks you're a zombie. That's the goal, y'all. We are centering pleasure and joy. If it doesn't make us happy, bring us joy. We're doing our best to avoid it or change it, right? We're wearing things that make us happy, make us comfortable. We're not worrying about, you know, looking professional or good or trendy or on point. We're looking comfortable. We're looking like ourselves, right? I'm going to start trying to bring in more pleasure, activism, and radical authenticity and just really centering what's important because that's mental health. It's a mental health issue, what we're wearing, what we're prioritizing, right? Um, performativity, looking how we're supposed to look, acting how we're supposed to act. Uh, eh, you know what I mean? We're That's not necessarily a mental health center. That's us denying who we are. Um, that's us moving away from our truth, our core, real authentic self. So we'll keep talking about it, but it's always about finding these little entryways. You know what I mean? I think what we're wearing and what we choose to wear could be one of those really beautiful sites to work on building. Like I said, authenticity, confidence, true self. Um, Yeah. All right, want to get in some news again? Keeping it very topical. Bisexual teacher comes out to her class. She's uh, working with a bunch of uh, third graders and receives applause. I love that. Congratulations! You know, a lot of school systems are quite uh, prejudiced. But bigger than that. Uh, the percentages of trans and LGBTQIA students is increasing, not because there's more, but because people are able to recognize, they see themselves, it's normalized, it's respected now, not everywhere. We're still working on that, trust me. But it makes more sense to people. They have role models, they have mentors, they're seeing it, they're connecting to it. There'd be more gay and trans people alive now um, had these systems been as good as they're starting to get. You know what I mean? Representation, inclusion, empowerment. We got a Long way to go, but uh, I like that a teacher can come out as bisexual. It also, again, is going to help a student who's in that classroom. It helps all students because they start to understand that these are real things. You know what I mean? Gender choice—that some people like all genders—and that you can be bisexual and still be a very loving, you know, competent teacher in person. But also, what if there's someone in the class that identifies in the community? You might be a role model. You're a guide. You're, that's that's the work. That's the work. I love that. Um, also, I was looking at an article on people who uh, plan on wearing masks forever. Look y'all, I'm sort of one of those people. I've talked about it a little bit before. I wouldn't mind all servers. I know, y'all hate me for this one, wearing a mask so they're not breathing over my food. I've learned through COVID and all the education I've done and keeping up with everything on a little bit of how viruses and bacteria are transferred and how common they are, and I used to get sick all the time. So I'm washing my hands more, cleaning surfaces more, but um. I might be taking more space from people. I told you I might not be doing handshaking anymore. I might be one of those people that's like, sorry, I don't shake. I don't want your dirty hand in my hand. I don't want your dirty hand on my dirty hand. Like that's gross to me. I touch my face a lot. Like, I don't need to do that to say hello. I'm not trying to be professional. I'm not trying to be etiquette based. I'm trying to be honest and mental health centered and I don't want your hand in my hand. You know what I mean? That never really felt good to me. Uh also felt a little too bro-y and toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? Like you had to really go for a good handshake. How about you just treat me well because I'm a person and not based on my grip? You know what I mean? Um, But anyway, people plan on wearing masks forever. I could see myself wearing a mask uh, when in crowded places. Yeah, I hope it gets normalized. I want that to be available to people that never felt as confident doing so prior, you know? And now, moving forward will. Uh, They'll take care of themselves. It's all about feeling safe. And again, who knows what's going on with this? I keep seeing the booster shots we're gonna need in six months, we'll be getting a shot every year in general. Like. Get real comfortable with those masks. Also, I thought this was really interesting. We've we've heard a lot of stories of this. Uh, people. Aren't getting their needs met. Uh, minimum wage should be right now twenty three dollars. If the minimum wage was adjusted with true inflation, but instead it's about seven in some places, which is not providing you know a living wage. And then there's restaurants and companies that are saying, "Sorry, we're under and we're understaffed. People don't want to work anymore." No, it's that people know their worth and they want to make the money that they deserve. And they're no longer they're no longer going to be you know willing to be underpaid. So another story came out about someone uh, who quit medicine. Uh, a British healthcare worker left his six-year job as a medical assistant to pursue OnlyFans full-time. Why? Well, he was only offered a one percent raise, otherwise, and really bad healthcare. Now he's on OnlyFans, making hundreds of thousands of dollars every month, way more by three, three times. He's making three times as much, and um, is enjoying himself. <laughs> so, like, and I was talking about that on another show. More and more people. Are getting into you know erotic based labor and uh, OnlyFans and so we're gonna see it's gonna get normalized. We have to get more familiar with that. But I appreciate that. Look, a lot of jobs you know exploit individuals. They require exploited labor and underpaying people in order to sustain themselves. Well, you know that's not that's not flying anymore with individuals. You know what I mean? And finally, we'll wrap up with some good news. Uh, This came out last week. I'd been meaning to bring this up. (laughs) Kellogg's. I love this. They launched heart shaped rainbow pride cereal covered in edible glitter <laughs> that sounds a little scary to me uh the box seems odd but i think it's they're going with current trends with font size and whatnot like the box just looks odd to me but i love it kellogg's awesome that's fighting the good fight normalizing putting smiles on people's faces and also upsetting a lot of bigots and people that are prejudiced and homophobic so i'm here for that but uh support them back so get your kellogg's uh, heart-shaped rainbow pride cereal it's that box, though. All right, y'all. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about how to plan the perfect date night, why it's important, and then talking to kids about your creative, diverse, relational style. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right. We're back and we're talking about date night. Listen, life keeps us very busy. One thing I'll say over and over is, doesn't matter how you want it to be, doesn't matter what you think, doesn't matter what you feel, whatever you don't make a priority will not feel like a priority. People have to come first. They have to come before our hobbies, our jobs. Gotta put your family first. Uh, Not everyone's in a position where they can set the necessary boundaries. So date nights are part of what we build in to symbolically and literally, right? Put your partner in your relationship first. Uh, I want people to participate in every component of their life. We have multiple identities. All of them need engagement, right? We talk all the time about toxic forms of relational norms and values, toxic forms of marriage, toxic forms of monogamy. And those are forms where uh, people don't support you engaging in every element. And I want people to have time with friends, just with their friends. Yeah, we need we need a night out or, or day with our friends. We need family time. And then we need romance time where it's just Couples. Now if you're poly and you have multiple committed ongoing relationships, uh, it's gonna be a little more difficult. And that's why polyamory, having again multiple ongoing relationships, it requires a lot of scheduling. hitting that calendar, getting that shared Google calendar going. Um, So again, remember whatever we put first feels first. Whatever we put last feels last. And I've had to say to some people in therapy, you can both, you cannot have both that job that you drive hours and hours to commute to that has you know, no boundaries and is ongoing and also a happy marriage. You can't have both. But I don't ever want a partner to have to feel second or third. Um, there's other people that will prioritize them. And so again, date nights are a way that we start to establish like you're important to me. I'm gonna carve out the time every single week. We've talked about some of the components. It should be at least two hours and it should be at least every single week and it should just be about you and your partner. And like I said, if you're in more than one relationship, you're gonna have to figure that out. <laughs> It's a lot of scheduling. So looking at a couple of pieces of research, date nights can improve relationships, quality and satisfaction. Awesome, kind of know that. People who are are motivated to nurture their relationship tend to plan date nights, yes, but they have to focus on excitement and self-expansion. We'll talk about what self-expansion means later, Um, but those create closeness. Even, ready for this, the research shows, even up to about a week later, and that's the point is it's an investment. Think of it as terms of banking. You put money away so that it's there later at other times when you need it. That kind of closeness that lasts for at least a week after is what will help you through some rough patches or difficult, distant times, right? It's an investment we make for other times when we really need to rely upon that investment. Um, but again, they have to be exciting. And again, we'll talk about what this self-expansion piece means. Um but again, make it make it make it something. It's not something you phone in. Intention matters. Uh, intention uh, powerfully 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 matters. So what I liked about the research is Man, they got real specific and real deep, but they were talking about this self-expansive piece, and basically was saying like, if you create experiences, it's always experiential, where you, you, and or you and your partner feel challenged, where your mind or your experiences broaden or expanded, that's gonna have more of an impact. This piece of like learning together, um, and also like they keep using this word, they keep putting in quotes to really highlight it, exciting. Otherwise, it doesn't create a sense of closeness. And there's something really powerful about going out and experiencing new things together, you know? And I love that. And that's that expansive expansion piece. You're pushing on the boundaries and the norms and even the comfort of what you and your partner do. Again, a lot of people really get lazy and they think that couple time is just, well, I'll see when I get home. And it's like, mm, well, then it feels as flat as that statement feels when you hear it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or, yeah, we'll do something this weekend at some point. Yeah, no, that that sounds neither exciting and most likely will not be bonding. It's two bodies just in proximity bumping into each other does not a date night make. You know what I mean? And we usually want it so simple. Um, we're gonna talk about some of the things you can do. But again, those are the big pieces. If it can be challenging, that's important, but it also has us have some level of excitement. But that makes sense to me. Um, and it, it, it definitely gets harder the longer we're in a relationship. Right, Because again, remember what we usually seek most is familiarity and comfort, but that sucks the life and the excitement and the novelty and the newness out of a relationship or a marriage. Isn't that interesting? That which we need out of fear and anxiety, familiarity, comfort, routine, habit, is the exact same thing that will work against us. And this is a way to kind of balance that. We talk about that in terms of romance and sexuality as well, that newness and novelty are what are most exciting on any level for any topic, right? but again, we tend to give up on that. And that's why we talk about, um, maybe we'll talk about it when we come back so I can really like kind of flush it out. But we talk about staying in the stages of courtship, right? And a lot of people think that relationships are just a goal, but they're they're a verb, they're an action, right? You're engaging in them or you're not, and they're not just self-sustaining. And that's why one of the questions I ask people is, i'll say to them remember to ask every day what have you done that's relationshiping what have you done that's been in service or pro relationship otherwise it's just this thing that's a parallel process happening as you move through your life and of course it's gonna really feel that way at which we invest in and prioritize feels prioritized and feels invested in right so we want to challenge ourselves to do that uh when we come back we're going to keep talking about uh you know, it's expanding outside, just how to plan a really good date night, but bigger than that, what are the impacts on really prioritizing our relationships, right? And as we've seen in difficult times like COVID, well, we turn to those people that are closest to us in that way, and they become co-regulators. All right, take a little break, come back, we can talk about this, and then uh, we'll be sliding in those DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All yeah, right, we're back. Uh, talking about date nights, uh, real quick, simple, easy. They don't have to be things that are expensive or extravagant, in, in none of the research do they talk about money spent or extravagance. Um, if your partner is a materialist and is classist and thinks that you know worth is only shown by purchasing and money spent, God bless, good luck, get out of there. But for someone who's actually healthy and is really thinking in terms of relational qualities, which are about closeness, trust, care, safety, compassion, right? That's the relational mindset. It's also a really good way in early dating to flush out if someone really understands and is going to be a healthy partner is they're not seeking and talking about money and gifts and all these things like, no, that's ego materialism. Send them on their way. You want some new things relationally. It's about love, care, compassion. Am I good for you? Are you good for me? Am I making your life better by being in it? Are you making my life better by being in it, right? It's about care. It's about support. It's about companionship. None of those qualities have anything to do with what they can give you or or what kind of status. And and it, and it bums me out. I hear people in my office all the time talk about you know, people they're trying to date and how much money they make and how tall they are. And it's like, wow, you're not really mature enough to be someone's partner. You really have it all wrong, and you're really trapped in your ego, and you're not thinking in terms of the actual qualities that create and make a good relationship. Um, but it's 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 cook, get, start collecting and flagging recipes. Cook together. Go on a walk. Go on a bike ride. Right. Go to the park. Take dance lessons it it's really really simple things it's just about touch time together and eye contact and maybe going out in the world and doing something you know but what i was saying before the break is the stages of courtship we really think that they're just these milestones and once we check these boxes we're done and it's like no it's it's a cycle that we have to keep going through and we've been through it that's how we got this person first we had to attract them right we have to feel attractive we have to draw attention then we start romancing which is about keeping their attention and staying close and pulling them in right and then we eroticize right? But we have to stay in that loop just because they're exclusive with you or monogamous or married or you live together and I have kids. It doesn't mean that that process stops because again, remember, love and relationships are verbs. They're actions. They're things we're participating in or we're not. So if you're not doing something actively to center prioritize your relationship well, then you're not relationshiping. And then it's just this thing that you have. Right? But again, it's a feedback loop and what you put into it will be given back to you and we wanna really create a beautiful, beautiful, supportive, present dynamic, right? And so you gotta keep attracting them, right? Flirting, right? You have to keep romanticizing them. What are the things you did early on to get their attention, to get them interested in going out with you, to get them interested in being your boyfriend or your girlfriend? You have to stay in and complete doing those things. It's not just some manipulative trap you do to get them and then you're done as though they're a possession you own. That's a process you engaged in to make them feel cared for and and wanting to be close to you. And that's something you should keep doing to make them feel cared for and wanting to be close to you. Otherwise, we can't be surprised when they're not feeling cared for or caring towards us and wanting Mm -hmm. to be close to us and drifting. And really happy, solid couples are always attracting each other. They're always flirting with each other. They're always keeping romance alive. They're always eroticizing each other. They're prioritizing. They're spending time together. And again, those aren't expensive, labor-intensive things. It's It's actually the really simple things. Leaving little notes, sending little messages, the way you look at them, the way you touch them, the way you listen, the way you're present, the way you prioritize them. Maybe you give them thoughtful gifts, it's not about the money, it's not about the time, it's about the attention, it's about the care. Those are the qualities we're really looking for and we're really talking about. And if you look back at relationships you've had that never felt very strong or close, it's because you didn't stay in that courtship cycle. You kind of are just like, ah, we can now be lazy. We live together, so now I don't have to worry about attracting them or romancing them, they're just there. And again, two bodies cohabitating, bumping into each other every now and then around the house isn't a relationship, right? And that's when people start to turn on each other and they start getting resentful because this person that once was you know, something that provided so much care and love and joy and romance in my life is now just an obstacle. And maybe there's just a lot of complexity or complications, but there's no longer a lot of like really positive beneficial attributes. And then it's understandable when people are like, why do I wanna stay in this marriage? Well, maybe you don't, maybe you shouldn't. And if you're not a priority, you shouldn't. There's a lot of people that would make you a priority. There's a lot of people that know how to hold both. And understand that some people are very busy working long hours. Maybe your schedule doesn't allow you to really be in a relationship then. That's that's an honest thing to realize. Maybe you need to change how you're orienting your time and your schedule. You know, It's stuff we gotta look at, but um, stay in the process. All of this just to say two hours, once a week, set it aside. Do something meaningful, make it new and novel. It's actually simple and make it fun and then it's something you're drawn to and you want to do. But life throws these bumps and these obstacles and these complexities and um, keeping our relationship that subtle thread that's always accessible, right? And always relatable and always feels good is what we need in the most difficult times. So focus on that. Uh, DMs, coming up next. DMs, if you've got a DM for us, drop it in our Loveline IG page in the DMs, and uh, if you want to check out past episodes, you can always do so by going over to wearechannelq.com. Scrolling down, look for my face, click on it. There they are, binge them, post them, share them. Uh, We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. uh, Looking at a New York Times article. Ready for this one? I love headlines. For extra days off, officials say a couple had four weddings and three divorces. Uh, yes. Now that's in Taiwan and that's one of the few places in the world to offer marriage leave. What a beautiful concept. You know, again, this is the problem of capitalism. You don't get enough parent. Fathers don't get leave when they have a child. So somehow the parent, the father child relationship doesn't matter. Um, you get married. You don't get to even honor, celebrate that. Nope. Work, work, work. Our worth and value tied to our work. Let me remind y'all, your worth and value is not tied to how much you work, how much you have, or how productive you are. You, you should have rights. So this is a sign of a system failing individuals if they need to do ridiculous things like this to get their needs met. Because people got to come first. Joy and pleasure in mental health has to come before work and productivity. It's really sad to me. But um, <clears throat> this was a bank employee, married his partner in April. Then they got divorced then married again, then divorced again, then married again, then divorced again, then married again. Yeah, New York Times you can read read into it deeper, but again, that's not that doesn't speak to them. That speaks to a broken system that people need to do that in order to get their needs met. You know, people shouldn't have to pass on celebrating important events in their life <clears throat> because of work, right? And so we should be offering marital leave. We should be offering a lot of leave. So this is a reminder, take your vacation time, take your days off, center yourself. But hilarious story. I had to share that with y'all. And now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This DM says, hey, Dr. Chris, what is your opinion on having open relationships? I'm currently in one, but I'm also dating someone else. I told the first partner about the second but the second doesn't know about the first do I really need to so I I, I have a couple questions <laughs> you might not actually be in one does your primary or first partner know that you're both in an open relationship because again open relationships are ethical ethical open relationships ethical non-monogamy everyone knows so if your partner knows that you're in an open relationship then in theory yeah you should let them know you're dating someone where is it they think you go at times um I want everyone to be in adult relationships, which means we're honest and we're transparent about where we're going and what we're doing. Yes, some people prefer open styles where it's the don't ask, don't tell. And that's usually for open relationships that involve sex with others. But if you're in a open relationship that's polyamorous, meaning you are forming multiple ongoing relationships, because remember, there's a difference. Polyamory is about is an open style where we have multiple relationships. Another open style is just where you have a primary, but you have sex with others. So if you're in... A poly relationship where you're ultimately in relationship with others, yeah, your partner's gonna need to know. Why? So the bigger question is, why do you think you can't tell them? Why do you think you shouldn't tell them? Is it because, again, they're not aware that you're in a poly relationship and they'd be upset to know you're dating others? <clears throat> if so, you gotta come clean. Um, and if they do know you're in an open poly relationship, and they do know that you then should or could possibly be dating others, well then, yes, I want them to know. I want them to maybe even meet each other. There's no secrecy, there's no need for jealousy. We're not, you know, polyamory is about evolving beyond that. That's part of like the toxic monogamy that people try to climb out of. So yes, they can work. Yes, I want full transparency and openness. I don't want people to be in relationships where they have to withhold, lie, or manipulate. But the bigger question is why can't you tell them and why don't they know? It's that ethical piece that's important, right? And that's what that's what, you know, separates cheating and infidelity from open relationships. It's not ethical if everyone's not aware. So that's always my first question because again, sometimes it's the other partner that they're not safe to be gone to to share information. Um, and that does happen where some people, again, want the don't ask, don't tell, you know, they just don't want to really know what you're up to and where you're going. That's hard for poly because if you're going to have multiple girlfriends or boyfriends, where do they think you're going? You know what I mean? I want people to be able to share with each other. that They're in love or crushing on someone. I mean, that's some of the beauty of that is not having to kind of sneak around. But again, some people unilaterally decide that they're in an open relationship. Don't ever tell their partner. And that's kind of what sometimes questions like this sound like. So, um, be honest. But that's where the question, why, why do you think you can't tell them? Why have you not already told them? Is it about you? If so, work through that. Or is it about them? Well, then you and this partner need to talk about that. All right, y'all, that's, uh, that's that. Coming up next, we're going to talk about, funny enough, um, how to talk to kids about cell phones and phone use because uh, we're working on having healthy, transparent relationships in all the different ways that we relate to others. So stick around from that, and then of course we'll be closing out with another DM. So if you got a DM for us, drop in our Loveline IG page. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. We're gonna talk a little bit about kids and cell phones. This is actually coming from Bill Gates, which is really funny. But uh, he's super strict on use of cell phones and giving his kids access. Um, and basically there was an article that came out and I want to kind of unpack it. I agree with a lot of it. I want to go a little further, but he talks about, uh, the safest age to give a kid a cell phone. Um, so in a recent interview, um, he said that his children, check this out, were not allowed to own their own cell phone until they were 14. Here's a quote. We often set a time after which there is no screen time. And in their case, that helps them get to sleep at a reasonable hour. um, he added that children are not allowed to have cell phones at the table, but are allowed to use them for homework or studying. Uh, he has kids that are 20, 17, and 14, and uh, they're all above the minimum aged, uh, but, but, so they're allowed to have a phone, but they're still banned from having any Apple products in the house, thanks to Gates' longtime rivalry with Apple founder Steve Jobs. So isn't that funny? Bill Gates is like, no Apple products in the house. That's the ultimate form of petty. Um, But uh, I wanted to get into some of the points that came out of um, some of the research into this. So basically, bum 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 bum. Okay, so we're acknowledging that every child is developmentally somewhere different maybe than the peers. And so part of parenting is really being present to what your specific child needs. And uh, you might have more than one child and each one might have different needs. But again, part of parenting is understand that everyone is going to need something different. People need accommodations. So here's a couple of the basic things. So they say no two kids are the same, we get it. There's no magic number, we get it. A kid's age is not as important as his or her own responsibility or maturity level. And I and I love that in terms of anything. I don't care how old someone is. Let's talk about maturity level. We're talking about things like cell phone use um, and developmental milestones. Uh, so now PBS is jumping in. So PBS provided a list of questions parents should ask and answer before giving out their cell phone. I thought that these were like really reasonable and actually kind of insightful. So the first one is how independent are your kids? Right, Um, And do your children need to be in touch for safety reasons or social ones? And I like that one, right? Is it about safety or is it about socialization? Because those are gonna switch it. Sometimes you might give a kid who's a little bit younger a cell phone as needed for safety issues because they're going somewhere and you want them to be able to contact you. And then social needs is a little bit different. Yes, I want kids to be able to be at the same social level as their friends. Otherwise, a lot of stigma and ostracization can happen from that. I'm not pronouncing my words correct today. Um, they can be ostracized, but there's a distinction. And so I think it's important to look at what is the actual purpose of the cell phone? You know, staying in contact with family members, or is it about socialization? And neither one's a better answer as much as it just really helps dictate maybe how long and what kind of cell phone, uh, how long the child is given access to the phone for each day, and also what kind of phone they need. Um, how responsible are they? That's another big piece. And if your child's not very responsible, then I don't know that you wanna go out and get them a flashy iPhone, which is very expensive and has a lot of things that they're not necessarily gonna know or need You know, need for use. Um, <clears throat> also, can they be trusted not to text during class, disturb others? Uh, is it gonna be used for a movie device, music device? Um, do they need something that gives their location to uh, and information of friends and family members? And uh, do you want to add that expense to your data plan in the first place? And I think that those are reasonable questions. Are they gonna lose it? What are they using it for? And are they mature enough to follow the rules while at school and other places? You know, Because a lot of schools, I don't remember, its when I was in school, we didn't have these, so this wasn't even a, a debate. But I, I don't know if schools are saying you can't bring them at all. I don't know if they're saying you have to leave it in your backpack. I don't know where that lands. Maybe it's state by state or school by school. But those are the questions you wanna think about. You know, Is this gonna be something that makes your child's life easier, socially, academically? Or is it gonna be something that's just gonna create more problems? And then it kind of comes up to when we talk about like literacy. You know, kids have to understand the dangers and risks with using a cell phone because we also have to talk about the dangers and risks of their presence on apps. And so you need to be deeply involved in your child's life. So you are paying attention to what they're talking, who they're talking to, what they're talking about, right? and making sure that they're safe. So you have to be educated enough to talk to your kids about safety. And a lot of parents have no idea what that is because for some parents, they're not that familiar with cell phones, so you gotta do some research. Don't just get a cell phone, hand it to your kid, and trust that they're gonna know and understand boundaries and safety. We can now send photos, we can send videos, we can send our location, we can FaceTime. You have to understand what all these things mean. You have to understand DMs, you have to understand their use of the internet, Yeah, parenting got more complex, but this is part of it. So please don't just hand them a phone. You have to sit down and talk about all these different factors. You have to keep checking in. How are they managing safety? How are they managing people that they don't know talking to them? Are they giving out personal private information to people? Right? Because these cell phones can be weaponized. I'm still learning all this stuff. And a lot of it is constantly changing. I can't, I can't even imagine how this is going to be in a few more years when they add features that uh, I'm not even familiar with because they keep adding them. They keep adding them. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about five tips, talking to your family about polyamory. That's right. We have a lot more poly people out there, and uh, your relationships are just as important as the monogamous people, so uh, Loveline's got your back. And then uh, we'll be sliding into those DMs, so stick around and join us. you will listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about polyamory. If you haven't heard a lot about it, you will continue to hear more about it. Tons of people in my field writing about it, discussing it, practicing it. I'll never forget I was mentioning it somewhere and some therapist, God bless them, pulled me aside and was like, I thought we realized back in the 70s that that doesn't work. It's like, listen, idiot, it not only works, there's tons of people that are thriving doing it. In fact, it's becoming more normalized. Younger generations aren't doing monogamy. They're also not necessarily getting married. Um, We have that's highest rate of singledom. We have a high rate of divorce. People want better. They want different. They're not settling. They're leaving marriages when they're not working. Great. Keep doing that. They're not jumping into relationships. They know that they have worth and value found in other things. That's great. Keep doing that. And they can love more than one person. I think that's phenomenal. You get to have more than one relationship that really alleviates a lot of the stresses and pressures. When you only have one partner, monogamy, it's you have to get all your needs met. I mean, you can outsource it to friends, some of your other needs, but it's exhausting. Um, If we removed cheating, if cheating wasn't even on the table anymore because we've normalized having more of an open style, a lot more relationships would sustain themselves. Um, And so it's having a trickle-down effect. It's, It's not bad stuff, but the first thing I say is whenever you're gonna disclose something, is the family member someone you already have a close relationship with and are they mature and safe to go to? It's always the first question. If you don't have a close relationship with these people, build that first. You don't want to just show up out of nowhere with a family member, a loved one that you don't have a close relationship with and disclose really personal triggering things. So work towards that. I said to some people even about coming out as gay or trans, work on building a close relationship with this person first. Don't just out of the blue show up and drop that because for some people, they're not used to that kind of transparency or intimacy with you. Number two, how mature are these people? Not everyone is mature enough or healthy enough to be told a lot of personal private information about ourselves. Polyamory is one of them. Because there are some states where people will try to take your children away, illegitimize your relationships. That's why a lot of people are very cautious. Some jobs, because we pathologize anything different or creative. Having multiple ongoing relationships is not a sign of pathology. It's a sign of growth, it's a sign of trust, it's a sign of valuing love and care. But again, not everyone's safe to go to with this information. So it's like, how mature are they? Will they respect your boundaries? Will they respect your privacy? Are they gonna feel the need to share this with others? Will they weaponize this and use this against you, right? These are all things we have to think about. Then we move into, you have to help them understand what it is you're doing because this is foreign to a lot of people. And some people think it's just about not being, you know, being afraid of commitment or afraid of intimacy. It's the opposite. How, how do people say that? You're actually taking on more commitment, more intimacy. You have more responsibility. These are, polyamory means multiple primary relationships. You date multiple people. You're in a relationship with multiple people. That is more commitment. It is about an actual relationship. It is about more intimacy, more support. It's about more love. And you wanna help them understand that, that it's about emotional needs. It's about not wanting to over rely or put everything on one person. There's something not even honest about that. It's about spreading it out. It's about expanding your world, right? Making your life bigger. Please don't think that everyone's motivation for choosing monogamy or marriage or exclusivity is a healthy one. A lot of people run it from anxiety and fear, right? From lower levels of, excuse me, self-worth and self-esteem. And that's what I love is, this is why I love people that are in these long-term relationships without getting into marriage. Because you can trust that your partner's there because they really want to be. Because they could leave at any time. And I actually like that. You know why? It means you got to be a good person because if you're not, they'll leave. And they should. And they should be able to leave very easily. No one should have to go through legal or paperwork like obstacles to get out of a bad relationship. And if we're not bound by a contract or marriage, then we all have to be good and loving at all times. I like that motivating force. You cannot get off the hook with being a bad partner because the person again can easily leave. And that's part of this whole move towards open styles and polyamory is this idea that people are actually looking out for themselves and what's in their best interest, right? And they're not letting themselves be limited or trapped anymore. And I like that people are finally prioritizing mental health and they're setting boundaries and they're not just settling, and that's why that's what I love about hookup culture. It's being driven right now by a lot of people that are women because women are saying, I'm not selling anymore. I can have sex without having a boyfriend or a husband. I've separated those two. I know I, I have worth and value. I'm sexually empowered and sexually confident. Thank you, Lizzo. Thank you, Megan the Stallion. <clears throat> right? All these people that are like, listen, I'll have a man if I want one. I don't need one. And I don't need one to legitimize my sex life. Right. And I'll be with someone as long as they're worth still being with. I'll be with someone as long as the love and care are still there. And the minute it gets toxic or emotionally or physically abusive, I'm out. I love that. And it should be simple and easy for someone to exit. And that's why I like polyamory. It's this idea that relationships are honest. They're there because you want them to be. And they're with as many people as you feel the drive to be with and as many people as you have the time and energy to be with. You shouldn't have to be limited by anything in our world. You should be able to have multiple jobs, you should be able to have multiple friends, you should be able to have multiple loved relationships, multiple sex partners. There's no reason to limit it as long as everyone's being consensual and compassionate. But we're so afraid of new, novel, and diverse things and it's getting normalized. We're seeing these things pop up in a lot of different TV shows. Um, so it's something we gotta get more familiar with. It's, a lot, it's something that a lot of people in my practice are coming in wanting to try. And uh, it's more and more being led by women. And we know from a lot of the research that women are now higher consumers of porn. Women are the ones that are wanting more open styles and relationships, and that's due to feminism, and it's a good thing. Where again, they're realizing that they can be empowered, autonomous individuals and don't have to follow the traditional norms and values. So whether you agree or not, it doesn't matter. It's kind of where the culture's headed, towards honesty you know, towards really meeting people's needs. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But apparently I was told I'm a radical, but that's fine. You're right. I'm not, I, I, you're right. I am. I mean, I'm not a liberal, I'm a radical because I'm all about getting rid of problematic systems. I'm all about honestly meeting people's needs, right? Where liberalism sometimes is keeping all the problematic structures in place and just moving the chairs around a little bit. Radicalism saying, let's start over. You know what I mean? Let's actually create healthy systems. Anyway, I don't want to get off on a tangent. (laughs) All right, can going to take a little break. If you have a question for us, drop it in our DM on our Loveline IG page. We love hearing from you. Whatever you got for us, we got an answer for you. And check out past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. you will listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. We're going to do a little bit of a WTF. There's a couple things going on in the world right now where I'm shaking my head. First one is this kind of went viral for those that are following all that. A woman in her 50s was told that she's too old to dress like a teenager. She responds by owning her personal style. I'm looking at photos of her. She's just wearing jeans and a t-shirt, y'all, calm down. I get so burned out on these things about age, age, age. Look, age. Literally is nothing but a chronological number based on how many years you've been on this planet. That does not dictate what you wear. Y'all wear whatever you want, where you want, how you want. You want to wear sweatpants on an airplane? Wear it. I actually heard some flight attendants complaining about people not dressing up on airplanes. Are you kidding me? We are literally stuffed in there, you know, in a tight tube for hours. Uh, Wear sweatpants everywhere. I told you that. I'm wearing sweatpants to wherever I can. I'm done spending money on clothing. I'm done dressing up. I'm all about comfort. And that's about pleasure activism, right? I haven't talked about that in a while. Focus on pleasure. When you're choosing something to wear, let's start with that for a second, ask yourself what will feel best. Not what will look best because we're not performing desirability for people anymore. We're not performing attractability. I I know I don't need people to find me attractive when I'm going to the supermarket or the gym. I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm wearing what's comfortable. And for me, it's soft cotton fabrics and sweatpants. That breathe, that move, that stretch. I'm going for comfort and then t-shirts. Bam. Don't dress for your shape or size. Wear what you want. (laughs) Don't hide your body. Wear what you want. Don't dress for your age. Wear what you want. (laughs) And I love that. That's what she's saying. She's like, I'm going to wear what's comfortable for me. There's no such thing as too old for something. Listen to the music you like. Play the games you like. If you want to be in your 60s, listening to rock music, wearing sweatpants and T-shirts, Like, do you, we gotta, we gotta stop with these made up arbitrary boundaries about, you know, certain body shapes should only be wearing this certain ages should only be wearing that. Oh my God, come on. We're leaving that behind. That's like, we're moving on from that. So let me and this woman inspire you to wear what you want where you want. I want us to get rid of uh, respectability politics, the idea that we have to dress a certain way to be treated with respect or to be intelligent or to be seen as competent or to be seen as a parent. Get rid of professionalism. Get rid of all these other things that are just made up arbitrary rules. You know what I mean? I'm so burnt out on stuff like that. It's exhausting. A lot of it's rooted in classism. Not everyone has the money to look officey. Not everyone has the money to wear dress clothes. Not everyone has the money to buy new clothes every season to keep up with trends. So there's tons of classism in there. It's also racist as hell. It's all white cis hetero norms. So it's very heterocentric as well. It's what white cis hetero people have decided it makes you look professional or fancy. We're moving away from that. Wear what's comfortable. Seriously, y'all, wait till you see what you're going to start. I'm going to start pumping around and which the world's open. You know what I mean? Be comfortable, be happy, center your pleasure. That's what our lives should be centered in. Not playing the game, not conforming, not following the rules, not making other people happy, but what makes us feel good? What brings us joy? That's what you should be eating. That's what you should be wearing. You know what I mean? Eat the food, eat the donut, eat the ice cream, put a smile on your face. Life is short. Life is hard. You know what I mean? Now, onto a topic that's quite heartbreaking. I'm not sure if y'all are aware of this because I don't know if y'all follow world news. And when I mean world news, I say that to mean news that impacts everyone, not just the general stuff. Um, Secretly, that a lot of uh, lawmakers are really going after the trans community. Florida lawmakers, shame on all of you, uh, passed a bill that would legalize teen genital inspections. Yes. Um, uh, before a teen is to play a sport, or if it's of question while playing a sport, they can be forced to give a genital inspection to determine what team they should be on. Um, they're calling it the Fairness and Women's Sports Act. This is disgusting. That is literally sexual abuse. Whatever gender you are, trans or cis, is the team you play on. Remember, sports are a game, they're a game. They're a game. They're a game. It's just sport. You're just throwing a ball around on a field. Why are you Why are you taking the joy out of it? And tons of athletes have been coming out saying, you all are taking the joy out of the game by making it way too deep. It's just a game. We need to calm down. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about people's mental health. There's so much wrong with this. Florida, what are you doing? You guys have a lot of other bills you're trying to pass like this, and other states are as well. It's these Republican states. I can't take it. You all are so, so victimizing. Why are you going after the trans community? And if this is news to you, start following gay and trans news. These are human beings, human beings that are worthy of support and respect. But a lot of news outward uh, networks just cover straight people news, but there's other people (laughs) that are being impacted by things that are happening around us. You know what I mean? Um, I try to bring it up as often as I can but I don't always have the latest. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a news anchor, I'm a therapist. I report on things that are related to mental health only. Other shows focus on breaking news, but I try to weave this in to keep us all aware that trans rights and LGBTQIA community still need a lot of allies and supporters. So um, step up and step in. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're gonna be sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in our Loveline IG page. Whatever you're wondering about, we're here we got an answer for you so stick around you are listening to loveline we talk to chris on the new channel q and on odyssey all right we're back and guess what y'all it's time to slide into those dms sliding into the dms all right what we got here as always y'all dms are on our loveline ig page in the dms if you got a question for us drop it in there whatever you're worrying about someone else might be uh we're here to help Okay, this one says, hey, love line and Dr. Chris. I've continuously struggled with making connections. Recently got in touch with a guy who ghosted me before, and we recently hooked up. All was good after the experience. Felt fine. Seemed like we're both on the same page. Okay. But as weeks have gone by, I've been reaching out with very little communication back. Now I reached out again yesterday only for him to not respond now at all. Am I a fool for expecting reciprocation? Now I know I'm a victim of double ghosting. Ah, we call that zombieing at times, right? Is that what we decided? Uh, I feel like somewhat of a fool for letting this happen to me, but to my knowledge, I was hoping things would be different this time around. I guess I'm a little confused because as you were starting the question, when you said, um, bum, ba bum bum, 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 got in touch, we hooked up, all was good, seemed like we're on the same page. I thought you were, that it was just a hookup. You know, you guys had tried to connect outside of sexuality. Um, didn't progress. Somehow you reconnected and hooked up. I think, uh, don't feel like a fool. It's always okay to have varying levels of interest and to be open. But I think you were misreading what this person was seeking because it sounds like they just wanted to hook up and they thought you were open to that. And then you're trying to create more and they're just not interested. So here what they're communicating, via their distance and space, they're not interested in anything more with you than hooking up. Know that that's that's all that's available. And that's okay. Not every relationship is supposed to be more than that. And just because sex is good and compatible doesn't mean we should seek more than that. Sometimes the problem is when we push for more, realizing that all that really was connective or compatible was this one piece, right? More is not always better. Um, But I appreciate that you, who struggle to make connections, you continue to put yourself out there. I think that that's important. Um, that will serve you. I like the idea that you're open to whatever, you know, just because we, if we do want a committed romantic relationship, that does not mean we can't also at the same time be participating in hookup culture, I actually tell people to do both. Because while we're participating in hookup culture, that gives us the opportunity to meet someone and to, you know, assess sexual compatibility first, right? And through doing that, Realize that maybe there's more to explore. You have to at some point, at some point explore all levels of compatibility and chemistry—sexual, social, um, emotional, psychological. You can start with whatever one you want to. Starting with one or the other is no better, no worse. Sometimes having sex first lets us know. That if we're interested in more, that it wasn't just about sex. Where if we delay sex, we delay getting to find out if it was only about sex. Once sex has occurred, we can see if there's more there. But we the way we have to explore all these different levels and starting with sex is no less valid. At some point you have to do that. I always advise that that's part of dating and it's okay to just want that. But some people think that if you're also participating in hookup culture, that that's somehow a sign that you're not seriously looking for more. That's not true. In fact, it is that a sign that you will do a lot more by participating in hookup culture. You're open to all the different entry points, right? You're, you're really out there. Um, so don't believe that it's one or the other. That's too much of a, a binary. It's all the above. Um, But keep taking care of yourself. And if you realize that you tend to misunderstand hookups and think that it's about more being available, maybe you need to ask more questions. And that might be part of your sexual dialogue, right? And consent. Um, once last time time your test for STDs and STIs, is there anything I need to know of that I might come in contact with? And then you start talking about the kinds of things you're open to sexually. And you can also feed, we'll fold that in there. Are you open to the possibility of more? Or are you just looking for sex? Ask that afterwards. Hey, it was really great having sex with you. I feel like there's a connection. Would you want to try to see if there's more and maybe try going on a date? Be very bold. Use those words, date. And if they're interested, they'll say, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. And if they're not, hopefully they'll be honest and say, no, all I was looking for is sex. And then you say, thank you. That was hot and high five. Or maybe they realize, yeah, that's cool. Now that I know it's just about that, I'm comfortable repeatedly doing that. But I think you just need better and clear boundaries and communication around who you are, what you want, what you need, and you know what's going on with them, you know? But um, yeah, stay out there. All right, y'all, that is our show. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about mental health and kids, how we talk about it, as well as depression and anxiety, looking at actual causes and not just treating symptoms. And if you got a DM for us, drop in our Loveline at G page, and you can check out past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night.